This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. It is The Rob Carson Show, coming up live from New York. The mayor of New York, no, 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 not the guy who says he's the mayor. (laughs) Mark Simone, morning show host, WOR New York, legendary broadcaster, joins us with his thoughts on... What's happening in New York and around the country? He'll join us at the bottom of the hour. Carl Higby's front line is now on Newsmax. You can join him every uh, every evening on Newsmax. And after 9-11, he joined the Navy SEALs. Spent almost a decade fighting for America. Now Carl continues that fight every night on Newsmax. So tune in to Carl Higby's front line. Uh, he is uh, he's awesome to watch. He's very connective. And uh, tens of millions of people have made the switch to Newsmax, particularly after we got back on Direct TV after they booted us off. But uh, you guys made your voices heard. So if you get the chance, download the free Newsmax app on your smartphone and check out Carl Higby uh, tonight if you'd like to uh, also get just the details on all of the shows including my show, which is called Rob Carson's What in the World? Just go to NewsmaxTV.com. That is NewsmaxTV.com. This is uh, a couple of things. Uh, you know, I had mentioned earlier <clears throat> the tale of two shootings. Uh, there was a 16-year-old young man here in Kansas City who I can say uh, very happily has had a miraculous recovery. He was shot in the head and the side by a man in Kansas City, uh, and uh, he was his name's Ralph Yarl, and he's going to be okay. And the million five was raised for this young man. He is a he is a young black man. The uh, person who shot him is an 85-year-old white man, and uh, Joe Biden immediately called this young man to express his uh, sympathies, uh, and. Uh, uh, oddly enough, in New York or in Chicago, 35 people were shot last week, and eight of them fatally. Uh, 17-year-old, 21-year-old, 20-year-old. Uh, let me see what else here. Uh, to, 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 a 21-year-old, another one, another 20-year-old, 16-year-old. Uh, no phone calls from Joe Biden. It's just uh, remarkable, isn't it? Isn't that just remarkable? Because there's no political capital in helping black people in inner cities. That's what the Democrat Party's been saying for 30 years. I've been saying it uh, as well. As long as I've been in broadcasting, even when I was a morning show jock, everybody, I said the same thing. There's no political capital to helping out black kids in inner cities. They don't spend any time at it all. They do not. No, 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 not at all. Margaret Sanger 
still is a hero to the Democrat Party. Margaret Sanger was a eugenist who uh, was also a racist, and she created Planned Parenthood. If you look for a Planned Parenthood in inner cities, they're always in uh, black and Hispanic neighborhoods, people of color, and they're generally on avenues that celebrate civil rights heroes like Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard or Malcolm X Boulevard. It's kind of crazy. you got Planned Parenthoods and violence on those cities. What a tribute. What a tribute to the great civil rights leaders of our, of our time. Mobs of looters hit a California gas station for food, alcohol, and condoms. Apparently, this is uh, they had a, a bunch of uh, people. They were doing uh, a street gathering, and, and they decided to knock over this uh, business. They also went after two Mexican restaurants. Uh, they uh, gutted those, and then a laundromat. They broke into that. And then, then this uh, street takeover that turned into looting at a convenience store. A mob swarms the Arco gas station on Alondra and Central Incompetent after someone smashes through the glass door. Then it's just a free-for-all. This happened around 2... Man, look at all those Trump hats. Oh, no, there aren't any. 30 in the morning, you see some looters with their faces covered. Others not even bothering concealing their identity as they ransack the store. You know why? Because they're not going to be charged with anything. Because there's a new mayor in town. He's a mayor-elect. Literally, last night I was watching uh, Rob Finnerty on Newsmax, and he said there's already cries to recall this guy before he can really take office because he's already sent a note to everyone in Chicago uh, who would commit crime that you will not be held responsible if you are a person of color. Here he is, actually. This is him being interviewed about looting and saying it's okay. Loot because they, that's how they can eat? The real answer is... How do we make sure, the question is, how do we make sure that people can eat? Look, no one is gonna condone, um, you know, behavior that, that quite frankly speaks to a level of desperation. So you're not, you're not condoning out, looting? I'm saying that people are acting out of desperation. We don't want a society that is acting out of desperation, but you have to pay attention to the cries that people have. So how about uh, don't commit crime and stuff? How about get a job? How about stay in school? How about all that? Why don't you do that? You know what? Millions of people do it, even people of color. I know it's hard to believe. Honestly, this is just excuse, uh, excuses to distract from failed Democrat policies that have been going on for, well, since the Democrat Party was, uh, was created. And most, uh, most uh, obviously, after the Great Society, the Lyndon Johnson move, uh, the, the uh, attempt to transform the country that ultimately ended up in the black nuclear family imploding. Uh, let's go to Buster, my friend Buster in Santa Cruz, California, the home of KSCO, our glorious affiliate there. Buster, welcome to the show. What's up? Ah, uh, Brother Rob, great to talk to you, brother. Yes, sir. Okay. You know, here's my opinion. And I've been around, I can go back even a little farther than, you, you know, long stretch of music, about 65 years, you know, from the late 50s to the hippie thing when everybody was singing about love and everybody. The point I'm trying to make, it looks like the uh, entertainment, the music, the people kind of follow what's going on. So my uh, question is, uh, do you think that there's factors or groups in our society, Rob, that are actually promoting, it's pretty obvious. I just want you to talk about it a little bit. Oh, yeah. The gangster <laughs> lifestyle, you know, because kids, okay, they see something that's cool. You know, we are all kids. And you think, oh, I'm going to do that. You know, they're, what do you call that? Monkey see, monkey do, you know, kind of thing. And uh, this is what I see happening. And I think the rap, the gangster style rap and hip hop are 
contributing to this. Well, uh, thanks for the phone call. Buster, thanks for the phone call. Um, uh, obviously, we've seen a uh, declination. And I've been, I've been uh, talking about this forever, the, uh, the death of civility. <clears throat> the death of civility has been happening for a very long time. The descent into hell of uh, popular culture, uh, particularly, you know, there's, listen, there's a lot of violence in, in all sorts of popular culture, whether it be on television. Uh, as far as the, uh, the rap culture, uh, celebration of misogyny, uh, the celebration of violence of uh, gang membership and whatnot, the demonization of kids who do well in school, which is very common. Uh, frequently, the Democrat Party will call out people who uh, want kids to go to school, want kids to, uh, you know, be raised by both parents as uh, somehow being Uncle Tom's and whatnot. And what do you get? And then, then in schools, you're taught that uh, white kids are all, um, uh, they are all, privileged, uh, even though I grew up in uh, a very poor kid, uh, went through a lot, bullied my entire life. I could go on and on and on, got my first job at 12 years old. Um, but that doesn't matter to the uh, left in this country. They're here to stoke rage. They're here to stoke division, whether that between uh, racial groups, whether that be between ethnic groups, whether that between uh, sex and sexuality groups as well. And this is all happening by design. All of this nonsense with regard to CRT in schools, all of this nonsense with regard to transgenderism and sexualization of children is meant to tear apart our society. And I might add, they're doing a pretty darn good job of it. They are doing a pretty good job. Here in, uh, and this is REI. They've got one of these uh, near me. It's uh, one of those outdoor stores where you can go and buy, you know, uh, uh, camping equipment and canoes and mountain bikes and all that. Well, the REI in Portland's Pearl District is going to be closing because they can't uh, deal with all the theft. Because the uh, Democrat mayor and the previous mayor of Portland basically has said, uh, if you're a part of a downtrodden group, you can steal anything. Uh, this happened with Whole Foods pulling up uh, their their anchor store in San Francisco. They can't stay open. Uh, four WalMarts in Chicago have said, you know what, we're done. We've never been profitable here because uh, people keep coming in and stealing our stuff. And uh, oddly enough, if you just have people walk out and steal your stuff, uh, your business is going to go out of business. But here's the report in uh, in Portland, where, by the way, uh, uh, Antifa was able to, for 100 days, lay siege on a federal courthouse, and the FBI did nothing about it. REI opened its store in the Pearl District nearly 20 years ago, and even today, it was busy attracting a steady stream of customers. In an email to its members, REI said it will close the Pearl District location early next year. The lease expires in February. Oh, don't forget that all the employees at these businesses say that they're, they're scared for their lives, and they don't want to come to work anymore. There is that. 2024. REI explained it had its highest number of break-ins and thefts in two decades at the Portland store, despite extra security. There you go. And you can lay this all at the feet of the American Democrat Party and the class of 1968. Not everybody in the class of 1968. I use that as a metaphor. I'm just talking about the progeny of people like Bill Ayers and Bernadine Dorn who ushered all this in. And this is the culmination of their dream to destroy the country. It is by design. And it is whether or not we're able to beat it back. I believe we will. Unfortunately, I believe that, that in cities like Chicago, they will continue to descend into the pits of hell. My friend Chris Plant was talking today, since they've uh, elected this buffoon in uh, Chicago well, by hook or by crook, most probably by crook, that uh, when the Democrat convention is held there, the police should have a vacation week. And uh, I concur.
I concur. Steve in Lutherville. Hello there, Steve. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's going on? Hi, Rob. How are you? Glorious. What's happening? You were fairly critical of the 85-year-old man who shot the black teenager earlier. Well, no, I, I didn't say it was a hate crime. I'm saying that uh, uh, that he shot through a glass door. I'm not saying that he's innocent or guilty, but I am kind of concerned that it is immediately called racism, and the President of the United States calls the family. So I did not mean to uh, immediately assume he was racist, or for that matter, that the case was settled. But go ahead. Let me, let me, let me just say this. I'm a retired prosecutor in Baltimore City. I prosecuted for about five years. was a defense lawyer for 35 years. I've handled somewhere around 80 murder cases in my life, either as a prosecutor or defense lawyer. The 85-year-old man is a victim of urban violence syndrome. When he sees a black teenager, he's seen all the things on television from Detroit and Chicago and Baltimore and everywhere else, and he reacts viscerally when he sees that happen. He's not guilty of anything. He's just guilty of being a victim himself. Let me ask you this. Um because there was another case of a white woman being shot in a driveway of a white man's home, and he literally shot this woman through the uh, windshield of the car. She didn't get a phone call from Joe Biden. Why Why do you suppose that is? And the answer, of course, is obvious. Joe Biden is a fool. I don't care whatever he does. He should not be president. Unfortunately, we would get Camilla Harris. That would be even worse, probably. But urban violence syndrome is a very real condition. People, it's kind of like Trump arrangement syndrome. It's real that it exists. An awful lot of white people and a lot of, a lot of middle class people, white and black, suffer from it. Yeah. That is, they, they, they are immediately frightened and afraid when they see two or three young black men together or black women even anymore. Well, I have been fighting for inner city children for 30 years of my broadcast career because I saw the descent of the uh, of the black American community in inner cities. And I have been uh, doing my level best to try to fight, to try to foster adoption, to try to uh, to try to talk about parenting your kids. And, and it's all fallen upon deaf ears. And I think it's an enormous American tragedy. It's sickening, to be quite honest. But when you look at when you go into Baltimore and you look at the fact that nationally, uh, the murder rate, uh, black-on-black violence, is 13 times the national average. Uh, certainly, when you're in a bad neighborhood, uh, what would you be more concerned about? Uh, you know, somebody uh, driving a, a, a minivan full of kids or a uh, lowrider with uh, with dark windows and pot smoke coming out of it. Uh, you know, it's just a, a reaction. It's not, I don't believe it is racist. I think that uh, it is It is a self-preservatory, um, I guess I would say it. Well, Yes, but let me just say this. In Baltimore City, there are, the first person ever hired me was a black judge. I worked for a black prosecutor, the state's attorney in Baltimore City at that time. There are a lot of fine, decent black people in Baltimore City. Unfortunately, you have a, another group of urban ghetto blacks who cause urban racial violence. And I call it urban violence syndrome that people suffer from. Mm. You know, they're, 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 they're different. It's just the way it is. Yeah. I wonder what the solution is, Steve, honestly, uh, at this point. I, uh, there has to be a solution, and I, I would unfortunately assume that that's going to require more suffering and death until we get there. Absolutely. It's Eventually, it's going to turn into vigilantism with the rate it's going. I don't know, man. Listen, Steve, I appreciate it, and I'd love to talk to you further. Please feel free to call in. I'd love to hear your experience uh, brought to bear with regard to Alvin Bragg and others. So thanks for listening. I do appreciate it. Let's take a break and come back. This is The Rob Carson Show. 
Time to put Nancy, Joe, Chuck, Bernie, and Mitch in a retirement home. Rest well and rest easy. You deserve it. It's the Rob Carson Show. Coming up, we're going to talk about the uh, Elon Musk interview last night. Tucker did an interview. I got to tell you, he's a fascinating cat. He is, uh, you know, I, I like to consider myself to be fairly intelligent. And uh, I'm not meaning to brag or anything. I just, I, I like to consider myself to be an intelligent person. My mother was a very intelligent person. I'm not saying the most intelligent. I'm not a genius in any way, shape, or form. But when I watch Elon Musk speak, I just sit there and go, holy crap. <laughs> this guy is mind-bendingly intelligent. And he's saving free speech in America. When he bought Twitter, I had no idea what to expect. It is more than I could have ever, ever, ever imagined with regard to freedom of speech. And that's why I have the blue check on Twitter. I don't even know what it does for me. I just pay $8 a month. I'm like, hell with it. Get rid of Netflix. I got Twitter now. It's that important to me. All of the stuff that he is uncovering. And he also talked about AI. AI, <clears throat> you thought nuclear holocaust was bad. <clears throat> if AI is allowed to proceed unabated, it'll, it'll make a nuclear holocaust look like a, uh, a cakewalk. And I'll explain why very shortly. But first, let's talk about a little bit of Biden family corruption. Yeah. Jim Comer says that nine Bidens were involved in selling influence. How about that? All the crooked Bidens yep. have yep. always been a close family. There, Hunter. When they make a dirty deal, the big guy gets a nice fee. This is Jim Gossett. Show must get his cut. Yeah, that's their one condition. Been doing it for years. Raking in dough to Hunter and Joe is a family tradition. Background vocals. Folks ask him, why do you drink? And why do you do coke? If your name weren't Biden, you would be flat broke. And in jail. Your Uncle James, he's a crook too. He's always under suspicion. Well, what does that mean, Jim? Crime we know to Hunter and Joe. It's a family tradition. The new house can't bend. They must end this family tradition. Ah, Jim Gossett. Want to help him out on Patreon? Go to patreon.com, Jim Gossett Comedy. James Comer is investigating these suspicious uh, bank records, these uh, red flags, and has found out that a whole lot of Biden family members have getting all sorts of rich selling influence. There are thousands of pages of documents relating to financial transactions. And let, let me be very clear, this isn't just about the president's son or the president's brother. We've identified six new Biden family members involved in shady uh, foreign transactions that we believe were a direct result of influence peddling. Yeah. Uh, that brings the number of Biden family members now to nine that were involved in the Biden family influence wow. peddling. And we still have more family members that uh, we suspect were involved. So this is a family affair. This is something that should be troubling to every American. I know you're thinking of the same Sly and the Family Stone song. I mean, you guys do know that song. And what we've learned from, from going through these records are there are a lot of additional 
uh, LLCs, a lot of additional bank accounts that we didn't know uh -oh. prior to going uh, to the Treasury Cabinet. So we've learned a lot. This investigation is ongoing, but I can tell you without hesitation, it's very serious, and the President of the United States is going to have a very hard time explaining how so many of his family members have received so much money from our adversaries around the world. Yeah, and uh, I'm also going to tell you, not only will he mentally or physically not be able to be the candidate in 2024, <clears throat> there's a very good chance he's going to have to leave office before then because of this. Because of this. Because you, you think this isn't going, uh, this is going to go away? That this doesn't matter? That this is uh, only 24% of Democrats want Joe Biden to run again? Seriously? Yeah, I think the possibility of Joe Biden running, winning, or possibly even making it to the... Uh, to the finish line of his first term is all in question. Coming up, Mark Simone, the unofficial mayor of New York City, to talk about what's happening with what was America's greatest city. That's on the other side of this. This is The Rob Carson Show. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults, with zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. European American Armory Corp, or EAA Corp, is specialized in providing high-quality, innovative, and reasonably priced firearms to the U.S. since 1990. You can choose from a wide selection of unique and traditional pistols, whether you're looking for a concealed carry, revolver, shotgun, or competition pistol, EAA Corp has it. EAA's 1911 series comes in compact carry or full size in three popular calibers. If you're a first-time gun owner, EAA Corp's all-in-one 9mm MC9 Striker fire pistols come fully equipped in a sleek, light, ergonomic package ideal for everyday carry. In addition, their lineup includes the MC312 series of 12-gauge shotguns for hunting, sporting, tactical, or personal defense that will exceed your expectations. There is a limited lifetime warranty on every series available today at EAA Corp. EAA Corp says get the quality firearm you've always wanted and save yourself a lot of hard-earned money. Visit EAACorp.com. That's EAACorp.com to learn more and order online or through your local dealer. What part of abuses and usurpations do you not understand? It's the Rob Carson Show. I've been waiting to talk to this guy for a while. Uh, the unofficial mayor of New York, Mark Simone, radio and TV host, legendary broadcaster, the uh, morning host on WOR, the legendary station in New York City, joins us on the Newsmax Hotline. Good morning. Uh, good afternoon, sir. How are you? Wow. Now I can't wait to hear me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've been promoting you all morning, so you should you should you should be tuned in. Oh wait, you're the guest. Uh, yeah. Welcome, welcome to the show, Mark. I, I'm I'm glad to have you on today. Uh, let's talk a little bit, if you don't mind, about what happened in New York yesterday with regard to these uh, this hearing uh, where Jim Jordan uh, wanted to actually ask questions about why Alvin Bragg is more focused on going after Donald Trump for made up charges than the real crime that's happening in in New York. What did you uh, What did you think of yesterday? hearings and uh, the Democrat reaction to it? 
It really showed how dumb these Democrats are. You know, Jerry Nadler said, this is just a publicity stunt. This is grandstanding. You're trying to intimidate Alvin Bragg. Yes, that was the point. They were trying to intimidate him into doing his job. He, it won't put anybody in jail. He's letting criminals run wild. That was the idea. It was a publicity stunt to come put the spotlight on him, embarrass him, shame him, bully him, intimidate him into actually locking up criminals. But... Uh, Chuck Schumer and then Adler and all these Democratic politicians came out of the woodwork to defend the guy. So I think that kind of uh, killed the whole effect there. Uh, you know, and if you're Chuck Schumer, if you're our uh, senator and you're the most powerful Democrat in New York, he should have been in Bragg's office every week screaming at him to do something about the crime. Schumer is nowhere to be found when you need him. This is uh, remarkable to me. Do you suppose that the reaction the Democrats had yesterday, that combined with the AstroTurf protest uh, <laughs> shouting down uh, Republican lawmakers, do you suppose that has uh, backfired on Democrats uh, yesterday? Yeah, well, you know, if, 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 uh, people that listen to you and people that watch Newsmax, and you know, maybe they're getting a real story. But if you're reading the New York Times and if you're Watching Lester Holt, I don't think you. I don't think you saw that woman who testified. who was so powerful. She just unloaded on Alvin Bragg, and uh, just told off that uh, that idiot congressman who kept butting in. I don't know if they got to really see all that. And I don't know. You know, uh, you got Nadler saying it's the safest big city in America. That's insane. You should be arrested for fraud just based on that. Mark, I've listened to your show, and I know that you have a deep and resounding love for New York City. I can I can hear it in your voice whenever I hear you talk about it. Uh, and and uh, you've seen a lot of changes in New York City. You saw the uh, the tenure of Bill De Blasio, among others, and now uh, and now this buffoon who's more concerned about eating vegan uh, <laughs> and and preventing uh, carbon from being released in the atmosphere with our diets. Uh, what do you, how do you feel about the state of New? New York City. Do you suppose that you're on the precipice of either turning it around or or things getting worse? Well, first of all, Bill de Blasio looks like Rudy Giuliani now. He looks like the greatest crime fighter on earth compared to this guy. Yes. <laughs> well, crime is like 40% worse since de Blasio left. We'd actually take him back right now. Wow. And uh, uh, Eric Adams is a nice guy. He's a charming guy. He's got the best tailors in New York. I mean, he spends more time on these suits and these vests and these scarves and everything, but no, not a second on crime. I think he just can't get anything done. He's afraid of the legislature. He came from our state legislature in Albany. He should be the guy that knows how to get something done up there, but he's just afraid. Uh, same thing with our governor. They're, they've made themselves irrelevant. They're just uh, – uh, the mayor's like the Chamber of Commerce. He's just uh, – a cheerleader for New York, but can't get anything done. You know, we've had some bad times here. In the David Dinkins days, in the 70s, crime was bad. It, New York always, always comes back. After 9-11, everybody said, that's it. Nobody will ever live in New York again. Nobody will ever live downtown again near the World Trade Center. Well, that became the hottest neighborhood in New York. And they said, nobody will ever live in those high-rises 100 stories up. They're all over New York City now. It's the most popular thing. And uh, it always happens. It's a crash. 
New York always comes back every single time. Now, yesterday we heard from a bodega owner. We heard from the, the mother yesterday with her son who was in, in the military and father. Uh, his father stabbed. Uh, the son died yesterday. Um, do you suppose that uh, bodega owners and uh, police officers and, and the food cart uh, uh, operators feel differently than the effete uh, NPR listening uh, New York uh, elites who just want to go after Donald Trump. Do you suppose there is a divide there about what is important? Absolutely. You know, they just don't get the right information. Uh, I know you NPR listeners, you like to say it's very balanced. It's the most left-wing propaganda <laughs> of all. And uh, when they're listening, all they, I'm sure today they're running the clip of Nadler saying, this is terrible. We're the safest big city in America. And they actually believe this. I don't think I think you just sat him down and really explained to him this poor bodega owner come, comes to this country, builds up his own business. A guy comes in and tries to kill him. He ends up having to stab the guy or shoot the guy and, and Bragg arrests the bodega owner and takes him away. We had a garage attendant here uh, two weeks ago and a guy comes in with a gun and tries to rob him. He somehow wrestles the gun away and ends up shooting the guy. Bragg arrested the garage attendant. <laughs> it was unbelievable. I mean, after a lot of uh, publicity, he finally let him go. But and that's why these hearings are important. You got to keep the spotlight on this guy, and hopefully, it'll start to get some coverage. Uh, what are you hearing as far as uh, reaction to Alvin Bragg and a push to make him do his job? Is is anybody uh, is anybody in city governance or state governance listening at all to the cries of like the bodega owner and the parking garage owner? Is there any? Is this going to affect any change whatsoever in the in the city of New York and state of New York? I don't know. Jim Jordan was the first step, but you got to have more of that. You got to get the spotlight yeah. on this. I was at this big event the other night, um, and Alvin Bragg showed up very late. And I was talking to some people, and the photographer grabs me and said, Would you like to take a picture with Alvin Bragg? And I said, no, 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 thanks. And then five minutes later, she's bugging me again. I said, why do you keep asking me this? She said, I can't get anybody to take a picture with him. It's embarrassing. <laughs> wow. Wow. So uh, apparently it's not just me. And this was a room full of very notable New Yorkers. Nobody wanted to be in that picture. You know, I was, uh, I've been talking to a lot of uh, New Yorkers, and um, a, a lot of New Yorkers are leaving New York. A lot of people are going to Florida. A lot of people are going to Texas. Um, what would it take for you, Mark? I mean, you, you love the city. You, uh, you know, uh, would, would, it, would you ever just say, you know what, I, I give up. It's not worth it anymore with regard to taxes and law enforcement and all of the nonsense that you, uh, you keep seeing in, in New York State, uh, let alone New York City? It always comes back. It came back after 9-11. Okay, I heard the right. same thing in the pandemic. I'm not gonna, you got to get out of there. You can't live there anymore. Uh, believe it or not, the population has not really dropped much in New York City. Okay. In fact, uh, the rental market is on fire right now. Everybody's you know, finding out their rent's going to double, triple. Oh, rental uh, in Manhattan is going through the roof. And the real estate people tell you, when you get a big year of rentals, the next year they start buying. These are all people coming to New York. Not sure, so they're renting. And then half of them next year will start buying, so you'll see a boom in that market. And I can just tell you, the restaurants are packed, the stores are crowded. I'm looking out the window now, I see bumper-to-bumper traffic, so not everybody is left. And statistically, the population, I think, has actually increased a little this year. Mark, I I wasn't there when COVID was happening, but it looked like a dystopian nightmare. What was it like uh, living in New York, uh, doing a radio show in New York, with the the city effectively becoming a ghost town? Uh, Well, 
I'm always out. I'm out day and night. I've never been home more than 15 minutes in my life. So uh, <laughs> yes. for me, it was kind of fun. I've never sat at home that much. I kind of <laughs> liked it. But it was a strange place. It was people with masks uh, staying far apart from everybody in the supermarket. Every restaurant was doing takeout food. Uh, it's, it took a long time to get back to normal. But it's totally normal right now. I, you don't see any masks, except for the robbers. But I'll, I'll say that. <laughs> yeah. It's actually a problem in New York. The uh, guys that go into shoplift and rob stores are wearing the masks. Yes. And many stores now have signs that you're not allowed to wear a mask in the store anymore. So it's just the opposite right now. That's serious. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're banning masks in stores because they're all crooks and robbers. I've been to New York a, a few times, and I didn't go until literally, Mark, I'd never been to New York City before a couple of years ago. And I've, I've ma- I managed to be there at Christmas time the last couple of years. And, and uh, it is infectious. It is, uh, it's amazing. I've never seen a thoroughfare where you could look down a line of streets that goes on for miles with 60, 70, 80 store, 80 story buildings on either side. It is, it is truly remarkable. I, I, I understand the, uh, the energy of it. Cause when I get there, I, I do feel the energy. I, I enjoy, uh, being there, but uh, what I do hate is you know the smell of pot everywhere, uh, homeless people sleeping in ATM vestibules, uh, people urinating on the sidewalk literally as people walk by. Um, uh, uh, tell me about the state of New York right now, and and uh, uh, you say it's coming back, but um, you know what is the current state right now? If you're just if you're visiting New York, is it is it back to normal? Are there still things that you really need to be? Uh, you know, very careful about in New York City? Yeah. Um, uh, the problem is the, the marijuana, the weed is everywhere. Yes. Uh, if you just walk a couple blocks, by the end of the two blocks, you're like Charlie Sheen. You're already stoned. <laughs> <smell everywhere. laughs> yes, uh, yes. I, I hate to say but you're right. There are homeless yeah. people and junkies all over the streets, sleeping on the sidewalk, hiding in the car, sleeping in the cash machines. You can fix that in about two weeks, as Rudy Giuliani yeah. and Ray Kelly proved. And, and if you ask them, well, what did you do? Just chase them, chase them, chase them. Every time they come, just chase them away. Uh, and they're menacing people. Yeah, at some point, uh, everybody, well, something will happen. They'll get the green light to clean this up, and it can be cleaned up. You know, because they don't put anybody in jail and Bragg releases everybody, yeah. Yeah. police will tell you off the record, it's the same 2,500 criminals. They know who yeah. they are. They could round them up in about three weeks if you gave them the green light. Same people over and over again. I agree. I agree. All right. So uh, you're a native New Yorker. I, uh, I'm a Midwesterner. Oh, no, I'm from the Midwest. Oh, you, where are you from in the Midwest? From Michigan. Oh, sh- I'm from Iowa. All right. I'll talk slower. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, but, but I was always the Chicago pizza guy. Then I lived in Washington, D.C. for a dozen years, and I discovered the glory. That is uh, that is New York pizza. Um, I have not had a chance to eat at a lot of pizza places in New York. My go-to place, just because it's near the Newsmax headquarters, I'll walk down to uh, to uh, uh, Times Square and I'll have a uh, a piece of Ray's and I'll do the white pizza or I'll just do the uh, your basic uh, uh, Neapolitan. Um, what is the best pizza to you in New York? If, if I'm going to come to New York, I'm going to take the time. Uh, what is the best piece of pizza? In New York, and I know that's that's a very difficult uh, a choice. Yeah, I always go by Barstool Sports, Dave Portnoy, best pizza reviewer. Ah. John's of Bleecker Street, down in the village. Uh, there's a Deep Ferrara in uh, Brooklyn, although you got to wait for hours to get in there. But John's uh, of Bleecker Street in New York, uh, the best pizza in Manhattan. Oh, God bless it. I love it. Well, Mark, I, uh, I appreciate you joining me on the show. Let me ask you this. 
I a lot of people refer to you as the mayor of New York. I consider you to be kind of the mayor of New York. You're always out. You're always involved. You're more involved than any media figure in the city of New York that I've ever seen. And any any city, by the way, I think it's very valuable as a as a uh, you know you use the the uh, pulpit of radio for good. Would you ever consider uh, running for mayor of New York? Never. It's the worst thing in the what? world. Hey, what? you're a. <laughs> You're a big broadcaster. You get, you know, you get invited to the best parties. You go to, oh, yeah. you go to when you're in politics. You got to go meet with the water commission for an hour. Yeah, that's true. You got to go that's speak true. at a town hall in the Bronx. It's the most boring <laughs> job in the world. All right, man, Mark. I appreciate you joining me, and I, I want to mention that it's. I'm really proud to be in a small part on the uh, WR uh, 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 programming list. It's uh, my show is an hour in on, on Sunday, and it's it's an honor to be, and it's a, it's an honor to also to talk to a fellow broadcaster, somebody who I who I admire greatly. So I, I appreciate your time today. Yeah, you got a very popular show here on uh, the biggest talk station in New York, WOR, every weekend. It's a blessing, brother. Take care of yourself. I hope to have you on soon. Okay. All right. Take care. All right, that's Mark Simone of WOR, the voice of New York, the mayor of New York City. Let's take a break and come back. This is The Rob Carson Show. Joe Biden's first year in office summed up in three words. Welcome back, Carter. That's not right. It's not fair to us. And honestly, it's not fair to the world. It's The Rob Carson Show. Yes, and I am uh, proud to admit... That I am non-binary. Thank you very much. Doesn't mean I have to compete in my own division or anything. I can compete with any uh, talk show host in America. Uh, but I am non-binary. So I had uh, mentioned that Jim Comer is investigating uh, uh, James Comer, I should say, is investigating Joe Biden and his uh, and his banking. Um, well, his uh, cabal, his uh, his crime family. The Biden family is getting very rich uh, over uh, selling influence and uh, proximity to Joe Biden. That's just a fact at this point. The bank records are showing it. Hunter Biden's laptop is showing it. And, and eventually it's going to catch up with the Biden family. Eventually some people are going to pay for it. Uh, we will see. We will see. But uh, Jim Comer was on with Chuck Todd over the weekend. Of course, Chuck Todd is a uh, you know lap dog for the Democrat Party. And uh, here is uh, Jim Comer being asked if uh, going after Joe Biden for these uh, banking uh, deals is political versus Donald Trump. Well, with all due respect, Chuck, I, I disagree with that. I think the only people that see this as a partisan investigation are the media and the hardcore Democrats. Look, uh, at the same moment, that the Democrats on the Ways and Means Committee released Donald Trump's taxes. Uh, they then, moments later, turned around and said uh, Comer's investigation of the Biden family influence peddling is a revenge hearing. I mean, are you kidding me? By the way, Ron Johnson, senator, has been uh, pursuing this uh, corruption for a couple years now and has been shot down by the FBI and DGOJ every step of the way. Adam Schiff always overpromised and underdelivered. He said just last week, the release in Trump's tax returns was going to be a bombshell. I mean, there's no bombshell there. There's nothing there. Anyway, I've served on a bank board for over a decade. There's never been a developer that's paid a lot of federal income tax uh -oh. because of depreciation and tax credits and things like that. Yep. If the Democrats want to make people like Donald Trump pay taxes, they need to change the tax code, not the tax rate, the tax code. Yeah, here is uh, Chuck Todd uh, saying that he believes this is all personal. He's, uh, again, a lapdog for the Democrat Party. But with respect to what we're doing, everything that we're 
have requested. We have evidence to back up. There are emails and text messages that show Hunter Biden complaining about having to spend so much money keeping his dad up. I mean, that's a concern because Hunter Biden's only that's, source of income yeah, were from our adversaries in China and, and Russia for influence peddling. So this is something that we should look into. This isn't political. We want to know, it was the president truthful when he said he didn't have any knowledge or involvement right. of his family's shady business dealings? And once we determine that, we'll move on. You know what is political? Uh, raiding Mar-a-Lago, the first time a presidential's residence uh, has been raided since he left office. Or indicting Donald Trump, the first time that a president has been indicted in American history for made-up charges. Chuck, that would be political. Well, it does sound personal. Uh, at that, and we'll see how the year goes on. Congressman. It's not personal or political. Dear God in heaven. Uh, just. Jim Jordan has revealed that he has evidence connecting the Biden campaign to the bogus letter which called Hunter Biden's laptop Russian disinformation. Yeah. Yeah, apparently he obtained this information via two former CIA officials from the Obama regime. These individuals are former acting director Mike Morell and Nick Shapiro, former advisor to the ex-director John Brennan, basically. Here's, uh, here's the story about this. Listen to this. So that letter signed by 51 Intel officials that said that the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian uh, disinformation apparently was a setup. So people know who Mike Morell is, former deputy director. This of is Matt Gates, by the way. Of the CIA, former acting director of the CIA, wanted to be Joe Biden's CIA director, got a phone call from Tony Blinken, who was representing the Biden campaign, saying, you know, gee, Mike, doesn't this Hunter Biden laptop look like Russian disinformation? Yeah. Morell testifies that that then triggers him to be the ringleader of an enterprise, to go to others and to put together a letter for the specific purpose of use by Joe Biden in the presidential debate. You guys can prove that? We can prove that and, and much more. I am, I, everything I'm telling you, I can fully corroborate with records and testimony. There you go. Uh, I've got a little bit more on this, but uh, clearly the letter was meant to uh, shut down debate about the corrupt Biden family just in time for the election, which I, of course, say was a fraud. Let's take a break and come back. This is The Rob Carson Show. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. And we are in the last hour of the show. The number is 800-922-6680. Excuse me. 800-922-6680. Uh, You can write me also, Carson at Newsmax.com. There you go, Carson at Newsmax.com. Carl Higby Frontline is on Newsmax. Uh, After 9-11, Carl Higby joined the Navy SEALs. Spent almost a decade fighting for America. I have gotten to know Carl, and he uh, he kicks a major butt. Let me just tell you that right now. He's a, he's a really good guy, uh, and uh, he does a great show, a very connective show. And uh, you should check out his show. Uh, added to the powerful lineup with Greta Von Susteren, Eric Bowling, Jen Pellegrino, uh, Mike Huckabee, <clears throat> Rob Carson. <laughs> I have a show on Newsmax, too. It's, uh, it's a comedy show. It's called Rob Carson's What in the World? 
So tens of millions of people have made the switch to Newsmax. I, uh, of course, uh, I've been watching the Newsmax, and I've been working for Newsmax for a couple of years, and I think the one thing you'll find about Newsmax is uh, we don't change our stripes. Okay, so Greg Kelly's never going to change. He's never going to go, oh, it's election night. I'm going to do something completely different. Uh, no, not going to happen. So uh, check out Newsmax. Uh, download the Newsmax app on your phone. Uh, I listen to Newsmax in my car. <clears throat> I, for the first time in my, my life, I have a car that has Bluetooth. <laughs> it's it's kind of cool that way. So uh, just get the download the app, and if you need any, uh, if you have any questions about Newsmax, just go to newsmaxtv.com slash, uh, well, just newsmaxtv.com. 97% say Biden's economy is an important issue. Huh, why are we focusing on transgender stuff, and why are we focusing on uh, all sorts of other crap? Well, because it's a distraction. <clears throat> it's all a distraction. This is a CBS uh, News YouGov poll. 95% say uh, Biden's inflation is an important concern. Well, that's kind of, uh, kind of I guess, uh, it's not a plurality. I'd say that is a pretty major uh, majority, wouldn't you? 95% of people think that the economy is a problem. 72% of us think the country's going in the wrong direction. 24% of Democrats want Joe Biden to run again. You think he's going to run again? Really? Do you seriously think he's going to run again? <laughs> sure, you keep telling yourself that. 95% of Biden's uh, inflation, very important, along with crime. Crime. Blue Chicago, New York City. Oddly enough, not going after Donald Trump for uh, made-up charges. It's not on the list. It's kind of, it's kind of crazy. Followed by health care, 94%. I thought, I thought health care was fixed with Barack Obama and Obamacare was going to fix everything, right? Oh, no. Government never solves anything. They say they're going to. And then four years down the road, you, when you've forgotten about it, they say, we're going to fix health care. And they just take more of your money and don't fix it. That's the way it works, kids. Have you figured it out yet? Why our schools are still broken? Uh, have you figured out why uh, while Social Security is always on the edge of bankruptcy? Have you figured out why they're always begging for money for infrastructure? And it's never fixed. You ever wonder about that? You know, on, on tax day, you should think about the diminishing returns that you're getting from the government because you don't have a sovereign border, which is guaranteed by the Constitution. You don't have the ability to express yourself because the federal government, DHS, FBI, all of the major agencies of the government have clamped down on freedom of speech. <clears throat> they went after you on big social media, the mainstream media, bought and paid for. Elon Musk, he, uh, he unveiled it. He, he, he pulled the curtain back. Open border, 108,000 people died of fentanyl ODs, last, or of ODs, and 75% of them were, were, uh, were fentanyl. Why? Why, why isn't it stopped? China unleashed a, a virus that destroyed our economy, wrecked the lives of millions of children, destroyed American businesses, and we know where it came from. Two federal agencies, and now a third, I just got a story this morning, say they know it came from the Wuhan lab in, uh, or the, in Wuhan, and it was bought and paid for by Tony Fauci and NIH. And Joe Biden isn't curious as to who the hell did it or, for that matter, holding China accountable. Maybe it's because his family gets so much money from China. Yeah, I'm thinking it's that. I'm thinking it's that. Uh, Health care, 94%. Government spending, 91% of people are concerned about government spending, meaning we're spending too much damn money. While American people are debating over whether they can eat hamburger in their hamburger helper or just eat it by itself... The government continues to spend. 79% said the issue of abortion is important. Yeah. 
Kind of interesting. Not number one, according to, uh, well, Nancy May says it's number one. It's abortion, abortion, abortion. Even though the abortion issue has, um, has largely been settled, meaning that it's been returned to the states. I mean, if you want an abortion, uh, you can go to California. If you want an abortion, there are a lot of states where you can, you can have an abortion to wherever. In some states, they're saying, no, no, it's going to be six weeks of pregnancy. You can't have an abortion anymore. There you go. That's just the way it is. If you don't like it in the state of Florida, then, uh, you know, you can move from Florida. You can vote for somebody else. That's the way it works. Overall, Biden's economy does not appear to be working for middle-class families. Hello? According to a recent Monmouth University poll, American middle-class families who are most likely to serve in the military and pay an overwhelming percentage of their federal income taxes believe they are not benefiting from the policies of the Biden administration. Diminishing returns. That's what I said. Only 10% of Americans believe the middle class has benefited a lot from them. Well, 51% say the middle class has not benefited at all. And I would venture to say, <clears throat> well, where I went to get gas yesterday. I filled it with uh, three forty nine a gallon. Excuse me. And you're thinking if you're in New York, damn, that is cheap. <laughs> that is cheap, man. Three forty nine a gallon? Yeah. Well, when Donald Trump was the president, it was $2.20 a gallon. So... You do the math. You do the math. Um, Twitter. I love Twitter. I've been uh, on Twitter. Hated Twitter for a long time. And uh, still, you know, I know that I've been uh, limited and restricted on Twitter. I've got about 7,000 followers. Uh, and I post on Twitter. I, fo- I post on, uh, on Getter and Truth Social because they're alternatives because of the soul-crushing censorship of conservatives on Twitter, which was very obvious. Very obvious. The same goes with Instagram. The same goes with Facebook. Facebook is still as bad as it's ever been. It's a joke. So uh, uh, Elon Musk decided to say that the Canadian broadcast company is government-funded media, like he did to NPR. NPR got in a little hissy fit. They spilled their lattes uh, getting up from the chair to protest, you know. And ultimately, uh, NPR and PBS have left Twitter. Yay! Too bad, so sad. Sucks to be you, don't it? Well, he's done that to the, uh, to the Canadian broadcast company and uh, Justin Trudeau, Justin Trudeau, uh, Shen, uh, aujourd'hui, Merde. Uh, he, uh, he actually admitted that uh, the CBC does exactly what he wants because uh, he, meaning the federal government of Canada, pays for it. Now, you sometimes hear about liberal bias in the media these days, how they're constantly letting off our government, letting our government off the hook for no good reason. Frankly, I think that's insulting. It's clear that they let us off the hook for a very good reason, because we paid them $600 million. Yeah, there you go. He's actually, it's supposed to be a punchline, but it's not funny. It's true. I mean, it's true. Dear God, have you watched PBS? Have you listened to NPR? I mean, I used to be, you know, kind of, I guess, a believer in NPR. I worked at the NPR affiliate when I was in college for four years. And it wasn't bet guano crazy like it is now, but it is just a mouthpiece. Otherwise, where are the stories about Hunter Biden's laptop? Where are the stories about Russia collusion? Where are the stories about uh, the, the false impeachments of Donald Trump? Where are the stories about Joe Biden's corruption? Where are the stories about the bank records? Where are the stories about all of this stuff? NBR doesn't cover them because they're a government mouthpiece. Government-funded mouthpiece. I love that Elon Musk is uh, shining lights and uh, watching the cockroaches scatter. Elon Musk did an interview with Tucker last night I thought was fascinating. The guy is beyond brilliant. I mean, he is. And and, uh, there's no doubt about the fact that he is a genius. 
what he has done with space travel. He took what NASA has done in 60 years, and he, uh, and he took it a step further in just a couple. He flew a 91-year-old ex-cast member of Star Trek into space and brought him back safely. There you go. He's going to make space travel available to all of us. He is going. He is changing our our understanding of the universe and of space travel. It's remarkable. He's not a government bureaucrat. Here he is. Uh, I want to get to the uh, the AI talking about uh, 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 artificial intelligence, um, which is nightmarish. The the ramifications. I'll, I'll get to that in just a second. I want to talk about this first, and that is uh, when he went into Twitter, he discovered that um, a lot of people there were not doing anything. Uh, same way with uh, Facebook, same way with Google, same way with these companies. You know, you get a bunch of uh, millennials and Gen Zers working there, and they've got, you know, the masseuses on staff, and they've got the gourmet lunches, and you've got the latte machine and the yoga room and all that. And you'd think maybe that would improve uh, worker uh, performance, but it doesn't. It's actually been used by the people of the company just to slack all the time. And here is uh, Elon Musk being asked about what uh, amount of staff he's retained. And he said, of all the people who work there, he's fired 80%. Uh, it turns out uh, you don't need uh, that, well, that many people to run Twitter. But 80%? That's a lot. Um, yes. Uh, over, I mean, if you're, if you're not trying to run some sort of... Uh, glorified activist organization uh, with, with uh, and you don't care that much about censorship, then uh, you can really let <laughs> yes. go of a lot of people, turns out. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. It's fantastic when you're not just a mouthpiece of the party and, and literally you have uh, FBI agents working in your company to cover up and, and to throw elections and destroy people. It's remarkable when you get rid of that. How many people you only need to have work for you? About 20%. Here's a little bit more uh, with regard to uh, uh, Elon Musk and, uh, and Twitter. But I think we just had a situation at Twitter where it was uh, absurdly overstaffed, you know. So it wasn't, uh, you know, like, you look at say, like, what does it really take to operate Twitter? Um, you know, most of what we're talking about here is a, a group text uh, service at scale. Um, <laughs> like, uh, how many people are really needed for that, you know? Um, and if you look at the, you say, like, uh, what has been the product development uh over time with Twitter, and you like so like you know years versus product improvements, and it's like a pretty flat line. So what are they doing? You know, uh, it took a year to add an edit button that doesn't work most of the time. There you go. Yeah, how has Twitter <clears throat> legitimately changed in the last decade? Really, not much. They've mainstayed the quote the status quo, and the reason being is the status quo was working very beautifully for them. Uh, for instance, tech companies like Google, Meta, TikTok, Twitter hired 250 federal employees from law enforcement, FBI, DOJ, CIA. Did you know that? Silicon Valley tech companies recruited 248 employees from the CIA, DHS, DOJ, FBI. Google alone hired 130 former CIA, DHS, DOJ, and FBI. And all of them were used to, to make social media a giant mouthpiece for the party in charge and the deep state. What Elon Musk is doing to Twitter is revolutionary. What Elon Musk is doing for free speech in this country is the biggest thing to hit free speech since Thomas Paine.
He is a historical figure. What we are discovering is incredibly, incredibly important to the future of freedom of, of speech, assembly, and expression in our country. And he rolled the dice with $40 billion of his own money. And he isn't making money on it. But the rest of that interview last night, he talked about the importance of freedom of speech versus money. Can you imagine having the commitment to say $40 billion doesn't mean anything when it comes to freedom of expression? That's huge. His thoughts on AI coming up. Your phone calls are welcome. 800-922-6680. This is The Rob Carson Show. In the 60s, we had LBJ. Now, we have FJB. It's The Rob Carson Show. All right, so Elon Musk was talking about uh, AI. Now, I am a, a scientific thinker. And if you looked at the uh, books that I really enjoy reading, I don't enjoy fiction. I get bored by it pretty quickly. Um, I'm more thrilled by reality. A lot of the stuff that I read is uh, about astrophysics, um, Stephen Hawking, uh, Isaac Asimov, uh, Sagan, others. You know, it just that's what I like. It's just what I like because, you know, there are bigger things than, <clears throat> you know, a murder story or whatever. It's uh, pretty remarkable. AI is terrifying. Um, and if you have this chat GPT and you want to play with it and all that, I think you're insane. You know, go right ahead. Uh, I like to use my own intelligence you know people are like oh you can you you can use it to write stuff and what you know what really i, I think it'd be joe biden's fantasy you know could you just uh, have somebody write his speeches for him rather than just stealing stuff but i think it's uh, unbelievably dangerous for a number of reasons one of them is the concept of um how do i say that? infinite intelligence um and, and elon musk brought it up last night and he calls it a singularity a singularity is when something uh gets intelligent and doubles its intelligence so fastly, uh, so rapidly, that it becomes infinitely intelligent. We don't know what the ramifications of that are. What about if, uh, you know, because we're not uh, compared to infinite intelligence. We're, we're, you know, we're primates compared to uh, AI. We are. We're, you know, and, and who knows what AI will do. But I will tell you, if AI does decide to take over everything, uh, you could forget about feeding your family, going to work, going to the bank, filling your car with gas, your car even starting, factories working, livestock being fed. Everything ends. That's just it. Is it a possibility? Oh, yeah, very, very definitely. Here is uh, Elon Musk last night talking about uh, AI in particular... A singularity. I'm not meaning to make this scientific or weird or anything. I just thought this was the most compelling part of what he said last night and the most impactful to the future of humanity. Uh, now, what happens when something uh, vastly smarter than the smartest person uh, comes along in silicon form? Uh, it's very difficult to predict what will happen in that circumstance. It's called the singularity. It's you know, a singularity like a black hole. Yes. You, you don't know what happens after that. It's no, hard to predict. So I think we should be cautious with uh, AI um, and we should, I think there should be some government oversight uh, because it affects the, it, it's a danger to the public. What about other governments? <laughs> what about North Korea? What about other governments? Who, who's going to prevent that? Do you think we're the ones who are the, uh, uh, the, the regulators of this, whether it will spread around the world? Really? Once AI is in the system, AI can control everything. 
Your phone will be worthless. Your car will be worthless. Your TV will be worthless. You will not be able to feed yourself. You will not be able to defend yourself unless, you know, if you have a gun that doesn't require AI, yeah. But everything stops and everything is controlled by AI. It's uh, amazing. It's terrifying. Here's a little bit more from Elon Musk with regard to trying to regulate this beast. AI is um, perhaps uh, more dangerous than, say, mismanaged uh, aircraft design or production maintenance or, or, or b bad car production uh, in the sense that it is, it has the potential. Uh, however, a small one may regard that probability, but it is non-trivial. It has the potential of civilizational destruction. There's movies like Terminator, but I, it wouldn't quite happen like Terminator um, because the, the intelligence would be in the data centers. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, the robot's just the end effector. But I think perhaps uh, what you may be alluding to here is that um, regulations are really only put into effect after something terrible has happened. Yes, that's correct. If that's the case for AI and we're only putting regulations after something terrible has happened, it may be too late to actually put the regulations in place. The AI may be in control at that point. Yeah, so your legislators getting together in Washington, D.C., if they can, because there will be no airline flights, there will be no transportation whatsoever, there will be no metro system, <clears throat> there will be no cars starting. If you have a car with a computer, uh, it won't start. So if AI is allowed to blossom and become infinitely intelligent, uh, it's over. It, it's over. Now, I've also been paying a lot of attention to the James Hubble telescope, and we are seeing our creation. We are nearing to seeing the hand of God. It's remarkable this happened during our lifetimes. It really is remarkable that you're alive to see it and, and uh, you know, be blessed and consider yourself blessed to, uh, to see it. But it is remarkable. And, and to know that we, the universe was created from a singularity, which means everything in the universe, and you can't even imagine how big it is. You can't even imagine how big it is. Everything in the universe existed in a dot in infinite density. Can you grasp that with your brain? No, it's hard to believe, isn't it? But uh, it's real. It is real. It hasn't uh, stopped me from believing in God. Absolutely 1,000%. 800-922-6680. Michelle, you're up next. This is The Rob Carson Show. while we're expected to dine on the crumbs. To those who strove to deter us from our responsibility, you have failed. Time to send those crumb suckers home. It's the Rob Carson Show. All right, we got some uh, people on hold wanting to sound off on things that we have covered today. And my God in heaven, there's been a lot of it. I know we went a little deep on the old AI thing, but I, uh, I hope that... Uh, Oh, I, I hope you enjoyed it. I just think it's, uh, to me, I think it's very fascinating. I want to go to Michelle in Baltimore. Hello there, Michelle. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind today? Thank you. So I just want to respond to the last thing you had about AI. And I was reminded of uh, Stanley Kubrick's Space Odyssey 2001. Yes. You might want to take a look at it because remember yeah. that Hal, the computer, was oh, the yes. one who uh, took over, and yet he was ultimately defused or whatever they did to him. Oh, well, thanks for blowing the ending for me 60 years later. <laughs> but the music is so great. I love the uh, planets rolling around to... Yeah, and you got the, and you got the da, 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 da. You know what that song is called, the, the theme song? You know what it's called? I forgot. Tell me. Also sprach Zaratustra. 
Okay, thanks. It was gorgeous. And it was Elvis's walk-on music. Thank you very much. Really? Okay. Yes. So the reason, reason I, was, I was calling was about uh, this transgenderism. There's just such a simple solution to it that yeah. obviously they don't want to employ it because it would solve it completely. Namely, let them have their own segregation. By that I mean there should be a transgender beauty pageant, a transgender Olympics, yes. transgender bathrooms, transgender yeah. everything done, finished, then in penitentiary especially so we don't have to women, worry about women getting raped by other quote-unquote women. Well, Michelle, now, now, you, you, I don't know if you heard it earlier in the show, but the Boston Marathon just allowed a non-binary category, and it worked, and I was completely thrilled about it. I was absolutely thrilled. They had a non-binary category, and I think that is the best way to do it. You can be That's born. It is. The only problem is, you know who wins? Uh, the transgendered women. The, the, win, the, the, the athletes who were born men, they win. <laughs> if they're competing against themselves, who cares? I know, I know. I'm just saying. What kind of ribbon are going to give them? I, well, it's going to have all sorts of colors of the rainbow. Uh, Michelle, but the thing is, but the thing is, and, and listen, I have no animus toward people who want to be transgendered. I just say, leave our kids alone, or I will take you down. But I will tell you, um, when you uh, when you have a trans or a non-binary category, which is people who are transitioned from their gender at birth, and when they compete with one another, everybody says that there's no difference between men and women. Women can become men. Men can become women. There's no difference. We had a Supreme Court justice who literally is on a Supreme Court could not define what a woman is. But the problem is, even when they do the uh, non-binary category, the athletes born men end up winning. So... You're not really changing your gender, is what I'm trying to say. Right, right. But they're not doing that for political reasons. They want to cause a problem. Well, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of stirring things up that's going on in the world, too. And a lot of over... Yeah, the only thing I'm really against is um, having them give story hours to children. I think that is really... So disgusting. Yeah. Michelle, I, I, you know what? Listen, I, I have never had a problem with drag queens. I've seen drag shows. Uh, you know, we are all familiar with, uh, you know, uh, uh, the, well, I'm trying to remember the, uh, the uh, black comedian, uh, his uh, character's Flip name. Wilson. No, not Flip Wilson. I'm talking about no? Medina. What, I, I, why am I drawing a blank on the name? It, the, the most popular uh, uh, black uh, trans uh, drag queen ever is a straight male. I'm drawing a blank. Complete, complete blank. Uh, but also, let's look at Damon. Uh, let's look at RuPaul. My wife and, and my daughter, the, we watch uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. It's a little over the top. It's a little bit much. But drag queens are entertainers. They are men dressing up as women to play uh, caricatured women, not to be taken seriously. Okay. Uh, my specific concern is uh, pedophiles. Oh, I know. I, I get that, too. I, I, I don't want my kid uh, seeing a drag show, either. I, I'm, not a big, uh, I'm not a big fan. At all. Uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, I had no problem with my, my kid watching Mrs. Doubtfire because it's a compo- completely different thing. But they've really crossed the line. Uh, the transgender community, the radical LGBTQIA plus um, uh, wing of the, uh, the Democrat Party or the left, they've overplayed their hands. And we are a tolerant people. We are tolerant to a fault in many ways. But when you cross the line between children and sex and sexuality, then we got a problem, Michelle. Uh, I, th- I appreciate your phone call. Yeah, have a good one. I, I always love your phone calls, Michelle. You're the best. Richard in Joppa. Hello, Richard. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Well, my thing is the whole AI thing. We, we think in such absolutes that if you start programming a computer to do absolutes, like let's say the environment, if you say we don't want any more fluorocarbons in the next five years, well, guess what? 
AI will make it so your car doesn't start tomorrow morning. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and if even even other absolutes like we you know we want to save the the spotted turtle that's in the Florida Everglades. Well, AI will just shut everything down there and say, "Hey, you told us this is what you wanted. We're yeah. going to give it to you." Yeah. Uh, exactly. We we have no idea, Richard. You have no. We have no idea the possibility for destruction. If AI becomes, and then this is this isn't about Terminator. The Terminator was based on the thought of AI. AI didn't come from the Terminator, <laughs> you know. So uh, it's not, it's you know, it's not going to be about the robots that go around killing people. It's going to be about the robots in your life right now. Right, they're here. They're already yeah. here. Exactly, and and your car is technically a robot, and your you know your whatever is technically a robot. Your phone is a is a robot. It can be shut down. It can be taken away. Every ounce of communication, this side of smoke signals, uh, is a robot. It is all gone if AI reaches singularity. There you go, it's, Richard. I appreciate. It's even worse if it's if it's got a, if it's got a liberal or a conservative bias. Because either way, it's going yes. to destroy the other half of the population. Well, Richard, um, the chat GPT is already programmed by leftists in San Francisco Absolutely. to, sh- to Absolutely. shut down. Pl- and it's a jo- I will never use chat GPI. Chat GPI can suck it as far as I'm concerned. I'll never have anything to do with it. It's nonsense. I don't find anything fascinating about it. I think it causes people to be even more intellectually lazy, if that's possible in 2023. Well, well, I have a thought for you. If you, if you did a if you did a chat GPI and said, "Look, do a do a um, do a term paper for me on you know George Washington," and you asked two different chat GPIs to do that term paper, and they went out and they got all the information, would they come up with the same exact term paper? No, no. One of them would have him as a genocidal racist, and the other one might have him as a hero. <laughs> I, I, would like to, I would like to see that being done. <laughs> All right, bro. Thanks for the phone call. I do appreciate it. You know what we need? We need a little levity. Now, uh, I realize that some people are put off by the word stupid. Uh, I don't understand exactly why. I remember when my son was uh, young, uh, I, I met with a bunch of, uh, uh, you know, I don't know what the hell it was. It was a garage sale. I don't, I don't know. Uh, a bunch of uh, people and uh, women in particular. And uh, there was a mom there. And uh, she's a typical busybody Karen. She was Gladys Kravitz from Bewitched. I know that's a dated reference, but I, you know, watched it in syndication when I was a child. Gladys Kravitz was the original uh, busybody Karen. She was involved in everybody's business. And so this busybody Karen is there. And I, I said something stupid. I said, oh, that's stupid. And she looked at me and she says, well, why do you, you, you know, we don't use the word stupid. And I said, well, what do you call stupid people then? Uh, end of discussion. So, uh, you know, there is stupid. Stupid exists. Stupid is. Stupid exists. Not stupid is as stupid does. Well, although, the, uh, you know, Forrest Gump got it right. But uh, I, I like to say that uh, stupid is real. And, uh, and when I sign off my TV show every week by saying, uh, don't catch the stupid, because there's so many ways that we've caught the stupid, particularly with COVID. You know, world's deadliest virus. Uh, the Anthony Fauci says it can kill everybody and then immediately goes to a baseball game and sits without a mask. And I'm like, if you believe what he has to say, you're stupid. Uh, if you believe that uh, wearing a cloth mask to prevent this deadly pandemic is going to save your life, you've caught the stupid. So that's why I came up with, uh, with this. Tennessee Air National Guardsman facing federal charges after meeting with an undercover agent Wednesday to arrange a murder for hire. 
U.S. Attorney Henry Leventist announced on Friday. Uh, Josiah Ernesto Garcia was charged Thursday in a criminal complaint involving the use of interstate facilities and commission of a murder for hire. Garcia submitted an application to a parody website called Rent a Hitman. While uh, uh, searing for contract mercenary jobs to support his family back in February. The opening of the page warns readers against com- uh, competing unsafe marketplaces for carrying out nefarious deeds. They claim tongue-in-cheek to offer services who are being to people who are tired of being bullied and say they can uh, make any troubled relationship disappear. Dirty deeds and they're done dirt cheap. You know the song. To add to that uh, would be seemingly be readily apparently as a joke. The site boasts 100% compliance with not, uh, obvious, the obviously non-existent Hitman Information Privacy and Protection Act of 1964. It, that's a joke. It's called HIPAA. There's actually an agency called HIPAA. Okay. Further, they provide testimonials from customers like Laura, who caught her husband cheating, but after availing herself of the site's services, admitted she's single again. This guy apparently unaware <laughs> that the site was a parody <laughs> applied to work there. A disclaimer at the bottom of the form currently notes that due to contractual restrictions, Rent-A-Hitman is no longer affiliated with Diners Club, Kanye West, the Illuminati, Rudolph Giuliani, Alec Baldwin, Kyle Rittenhouse, or Carol Baskett. Sounds like a, a leftist kind of leaning, but it's still funny. Garcia followed up by submitting a resume. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some target practices, practice from the range, the, the targets. He submitted a resume and identification documents to the site, the DOJ says. He, his resume reportedly said he had earned the nickname Reaper from his uh, military experience and marksmanship. It reminds me of the new Bill Hader TV. It's not new. It's been around a couple of years. It's called Barry, where he's a, an Iraq veteran, and he comes back, and he becomes a hitman. And then he falls in love with acting, and he, and he wants to stop killing people for, for a hiring and be, and be an actor. It's a really funny show. An uh, undercover agent uh, began communicating with the young guardsman who agreed to kill a person for five grand, which, you know, inflation now, Biden inflation, you're, it's going to cost you $7,500. i am just saying, if chicken breasts have gone from $1.88 to two eighty nine on sale, you got to imagine that hit man stuff is, or hit woman or hit them there, the trans, whatever, why do, why do they have to be hit men? Have you ever thought about that for just one second? Can we have a non-binary hit? Hello? Anybody? So anyway, when Garcia met the agent at a park in Henderson, Tennessee, Wednesday, he received a packet of information about the fictional target along with a down payment of $2,500. Garcia agreed to the terms and inquired about whether he would need to provide a photo of the dead body. And honestly, unless you have some DNA or something, uh, you know, you've got to be able to confirm the hit. Otherwise, you're just flushing your $5,7500 down the old toilet. After he was arrested, FBI agents searched his home and recovered an AR-style rifle, which is why they should be banned, because hitmen might actually use them when they respond to a parody ad online. Stupid, 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 people, 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 people. Just plain stupid. Stupid as stupid does, Mr. Blue. Who got stupid? And that's why You're we too do. Stupid to have a good turn. <laughs> that is why we do the "Who Caught the Stupid" update. Uh, we're going to take a break and come back. This is the Rob Carson Show. We all know America is headed in the wrong direction. It's time to grab the wheel. It's the Rob Carson Show. 
Carl Higby's got a new show on Newsmax at 5 o'clock Eastern, and I think you'll enjoy it. It's, uh, it's called Carl Higby Frontline. Uh, he's an amazing guy. I, I had the opportunity to meet uh, Carl. And, and, you know, my life has been a whirlwind the last couple of years. Um, I was in broadcasting for a number of years. I had to sell cars for a living, and I did that for three years. And, and, uh, and I, I know what it was all about. I know it was... Uh, it was a valuable experience uh, for a lot of reasons, but but I still find myself to be overwhelmed when I when I meet people like uh, Carl Higby, uh, a former Navy SEAL in 19, I think when he uh, he quit college after 9/11 to fight, and his brother did too, and he's uh, just a remarkable guy, and he's got this show. I think you're gonna enjoy his. Uh, uh, he is not a uh, an effete elitist. He's uh, he's a, he's a smart guy. And uh, I think you'll enjoy his show. Newsmax is uh, a great lineup. Eric Bowling, Greta Van Susteren, and, and my buddy uh, Chris Salcedo, and, uh, and then, of course, my show. Uh, use it on the app. you got an app on your phone. Just go to the Newsmax TV app if you want to watch Newsmax or DirecTV. We'll back on 349, the whole deal. It's, uh, it's, it's really uh, it's remarkable. It's remarkable what Newsmax is doing right now to news in this country. It is really, really taking off. And I'm proud to be a part of it. So the NIH, that's the uh, National Institutes of Health, which is, uh, you know, fairly corrupt, actually. They say that having, as in cutting in half, cancer deaths by 2047 is impossible based on current trends. A major blow to President Biden's Operation Moonshot. Why did not Joe Biden do the Operation Moonshot? Why did he do it? Did he really care about it? Or is he just a political animal who likes to touch base and, and create uh, ads I would venture to say the opposite, and I'll explain why in a second. So he came up with this uh, cancer moonshot, even though uh, cancer researchers have been doing this. The American Cancer Society, cancer hospitals around the country, Children's Miracle Network hospitals around the country have been doing unbelievable, has an unbelievable progress with regard to cancer. Leukemia was a death sentence for kids, and it's now 90-plus percent curable. It's ridiculous. Did it without Joe Biden. But Joe Biden... Wanted to, because everything he thinks about is in through a political lens. He's been in Washington, D.C. for 50 years. I mentioned on Twitter the other day, Joe Biden doesn't have a bowel movement without thinking about the political ramifications. Everything he does is political in nature. And when it is not purely political, it is to benefit himself and his family, number one, cronies, number two, American people, distant, distant third place. But the uh, NIH is saying that the cancer, uh, uh, having, cutting the cancer deaths in half by 2047 is possible. Data shows cancer death rates have fallen 33% since 1991, but that is not enough. And then I want you to listen to this, because I did a little bit of research, and I'm not even a journalist. I just wanted to know what's going on. A cancer charity started by Joe Biden gave no money to research. I, I shared this with you months ago. Joe Biden, in 2017, when he was vice president, came up with this Biden Cancer Initiative with Jill Biden, his wife, who uh, is pushing him to run for president again, even though he is not physically or mentally up to the task. Really loving wife. Anyway, uh, to uh, develop and drive implementation of solutions to accelerate progress in cancer prevention, detection, detection, diagnosis, research, and care to, and to reduce disparities in cancer outcomes according to the IRS mission statement. But it gave out no grants. The charity took in $4,800,000 in contributions in fiscal years 2017 and 18, spent $3 million on payroll, 
The group's president, Gregory Simon, raked in $429,000 in fiscal 2018. Simon is a former Pfizer executive and longtime health care lobbyist who headed up the White House's cancer task force in President Biden's, uh, President Barack Obama's uh, administration, although it is technically we're in still in a, an Obama administration, saw his salary nearly double from 224000 he made in fiscal year 2017. Daniel Carnival, former chief of staff for Obama's cancer initiative, the Cancer Moonshot Task Force, took home 258000 in 2018. The charity spent $56,000 on conferences, 59000 on travel. Under the number of grants to actually do the, uh, the, uh, the goal, uh, the, the, the uh, goal of the, uh, the agency, grants uh, distributed, I'm looking at the list here, and uh, none, not one little bit. It didn't do anything. It paid some salaries. It sent people to conferences, and it paid for travel. There you go. So how committed to the uh, cancer moonshot is uh, Joseph Biden. It is um, it's remarkable. I always want to hear stuff like this. I go, this isn't revolutionary. We've got people fighting the fronts in cancer ever, everywhere. They've been doing it for decades. Joe Biden has been in Washington, D.C. for decades. He just decides to jump in at the finish line and act like he can take responsibility or he can take credit for it. And it ain't going to work because he's a, uh, he's a joke. All right, let's take a break and come back and wrap things up. This is The Rob Carson Show. All right, so I came out as non-Bidenary today. I hope that you will consider that as well. Guys, have a glorious day. Check out the podcast. Go to Newsmax.com slash listen. And in the meantime, do not, do not catch the stupid. See you tomorrow.